Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Big Fell Strength Podcast. I'm, as always, Austin Antrip, your host. So today, we're going to start the, the series on squat. And the first thing we're going to be going over is obviously um, the form episode. So, yesterday, I had my max effort uh, lower body day. So, obviously, I hit squat for the main lift. Um, Now, this is something that's really hard to explain without, like, any kind of graphics. But in, in the form of discussion... I'm going to try to hit up form as best as I can. Um, so, one of the things that I've noticed, and this is just going to the gym yesterday, is like, there are guys who are very narrow with their with their split in between, um, you know, their squat stance. So, they're pretty, they're pretty narrow. Um, and then you got guys who are wide. I I go super wide. Like people watch me and they 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 will stop their workout, which irritates the shit out of me sometimes. This is why I hate going and using a public gym. But they'll stop their workout entirely just to sit there and watch me squat. And they'll come up to me. Oh my god, that looks so scary. You going so high. okay, man? Um. I appreciate the notice, but you're not telling me anything that I am not already conscious of. So, you know, it's just the, it it's all dependent. Where are you strongest at? Are you, it's no different than, you know, sumo deadlift versus, you know, close or I guess narrow stance or conventional deadlift I should say it's no different um if you're stronger in your quads you're going to rely on the sumo deadlift if you're stronger in your hamstrings you're gonna rely more on the uh the conventional and it's all about leverages. Well, it's vice versa, at least in my own belief, in my own feeling. I feel like I expend a lot of my quad strength when I conventional squat. And I like to use my hamstrings when I squat because my hamstrings are, you know, I'm a bigger guy, so my hamstrings are pretty meaty. So. You know, people would be like, well, you know, you know, it's all, it's always up for debate and for discussion, but with how I squat, I get more out of my hamstrings. So, and then when I deadlift, I'm trying to get more out of my quad or I'm trying to get more out of my hamstring as well. So I'll conventional deadlift. The difference is you're pulling something as opposed to pressing something. So when you're when you're squatting, you're pressing it with your legs. 
the wider your base is, the more hamstring you're going to use. The closer your base is, and when I talk about base, I talk obviously I'm talking about your distance between your, your feet. If you go outside shoulder width apart, that's that's a pretty narrow, that's a pretty wide base. You use I feel like you use a lot more of your hamstring. But people argue with me, and I to me it's it's really I don't open it up for discussion really. Um, it's just how I feel. If other people feel different, you know, a different way about it, then, you know, good for them. I don't really care all too much, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the things where it's just like, it's all dependent on the lifter and how they like to, um, how they like to squat. Um, so really not too much there. I'd say if you're more hamstring dominant person, then I'd say definitely kick it out wider if you haven't already. Um, but another, another thing with form is like you see people, they'll hinge at the hips and they're, they'll bring their, uh, their chest down to their knees. And that is, to me, that's one of the most terrible things you can do. Because you're folding up under that weight and you're creating more you're creating more of a movement out of the squat than there needs to be, right? Because now you have to press the weight with your legs, but more so than that, you have to you now have to uh, you now have to like almost do a good morning to lock that weight out so to me it's a lot more risk risky to do that and a lot of people you know identify that as just bad form other people don't really care about that so much so with me whenever I've coached somebody on squat if they were doing that I would execute that from their form right away right off the bat um I'd tell them like keep your keep your upper body upright, you know, um, and, you know, they'd argue with me about it, but all in all, you know, after they stop arguing with me, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll do what I tell them to do, and then they'll realize, oh, shit, you know, you, you were right, this is easier, and it's just like, oh, crazy, it's like, I almost know what I'm talking about, and, so I mean that's that's um that's an important thing when it comes to form um and things to help you do that like when it comes to cues is um you know obviously wear a belt any kind of max effort you should be wearing a belt like that's my that's my highest belief like if you're doing max effort work you should absolutely have that extra back support in there um, but you need to breathe into your stomach and create that core support in order to, um, essentially help, help with keeping that body, that upper body upright during the squat. Another thing to cue is looking up at the ceiling, like almost as if you're trying to look, you know, all the way back, but 
don't don't over exaggerate that because then you'll fall backwards with the weight. I've seen people do that before. Um but that's one that's one thing that you need to make sure that you're uh taking account of is just messing kind of tinkering with it so you get a good feel of it. Um once you tinker and you get a good feel for it, then you can be like, okay, you know, and then you can spot the differences and be like, okay, did this feel different or did this, was this harder, you know? Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's squat form. Um, and a lot of discussion that I get is like, you know, what about when it comes to achieving depth? Um, well, it's really quite simple. If you don't box squat, then you should always perform deep squats. Um, and when I say deep, I mean wherever you think your parallel is, dip down about another half inch just to make sure you get that full range of motion and that full range of extension. Um, because when it comes to competing, if you're not, if you're not box squatting in your training and you compete, then, you know, depth is obviously something you need to hold accountable. So with your depth, you know, people always ask, well, you know, what's the difference between box squatting at, you know, just parallel and not box squatting and going below parallel and I always tell them this you got to think about it this way when you box squat you're sitting on that box and that box might have a little bit of cushion a little bit of playroom but either way that time under tension is going to provide you that extra um depth training and that um that kind of muscle memory that it takes when it comes to achieving depth as opposed to because you got to think if you're going maximal effort you know in competition and I can attest for this because in December uh it happened to me I went 10 I went about two inches lower than what I really needed to and you could just hear the crowd on my last attempt. They saw how deep I took that. Uh, I took a 490 squat. And you could just hear everybody go, <gasps> you know. just I, I didn't hear it in the moment. But after watching the video, you heard everybody in the crowd just gasp. And, like, with me, I... I was just trying to get a good lift and I'd been training box squat, but I knew the judges were going to be a little harsh when it comes to, you know, depth judgment calls. So I just went ahead and went as low as what I thought I needed to go. And then after I hit that point, I went just a little bit deeper. I ended up performing a super deep squat, but sometimes that's the nature of the beast when you're competing. The goal is to get a weight, you know. The goal isn't to, like, the goal isn't to, you know, cheat. 
I mean, some people do that and, you know, more props to them because they can sit there and, you know, figure it out and get a feel for how the judging is going. But with me, I was just like, uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to worry about, um, making sure even if I do sacrifice a little bit of weight that I go to the proper depth I need to go to. So, um, depth, right? Depth is when the hip crease is below th your knee level. So when you're in that squatted position, you can see your hip crease. It's a little harder to find on bigger guys um, that have a belly on them like me. But you could definitely see it on smaller guys. You you identify that hip crease. And then once that hip crease is identified, um, as long as it's below your knee level, that is proper depth. Right? Now, some people like to argue and they're like, oh, well, you know since it's harder to find on bigger larger guys then you know I what I do is I look at I basically look at their crotch and if their crotch dips below knee level then that's a good parallel squat um that's so much harder to do with uh I mean it's a, it's it's effective, but it's less effective with those more narrow squats. So I don't, I don't like doing that, but it is a method. But essentially, is uh, when it comes to form, right? Because that's what we're talking about today. Um, you're really just trying to make sure that you're hitting depth in your training because if you're not hitting your depth in your training and you get you know let's say you max out on like 650 but it's a no depth like you're not achieving good depth then is it truly you know a max now, I don't think it is I I hold myself to a high standard so when I'm looking for that I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really look at, you know, uh, I don't, I'll, if I'm going for a max, I'll have somebody videotape. And if, <coughs> obviously, depending on how easy it feels, um, if it's super easy, then I'll fucking sit there and I'll be like, okay, now let's go look at the video, and I was, like, an inch off of depth, then I'm like, okay, you know, I can start using that number for my percentages next time around next week. But if it's, like, if it's, like, super hard and I'm an inch off, then I won't count it. Because I can attest for that. Um, two inches makes the difference on depth. In making a squat um, 
especially with any kind of prior injury, any kind of uh, prior knee injury or anything like that, or any kind of joint pain, um, two inches makes a makes a huge significant difference um, in your squat. So if you're if you're squatting and you know you don't you don't hit your depths then you got to be honest with yourself because if you're not honest with yourself then you're going to tell yourself you got it and then you're going to go to competition you know and it's your standards are just going to get worse and worse as your training goes on then next time you go to competition you're going to be like oh well I'm at 700 when in all reality you're about 620 because you can't hit depth you can't hit proper depth with 700 so like I said it's all about being honest with yourself on depth I've but I've also seen guys get counted you know they I've seen two inch I've seen two inch squats you know two inch high squats get counted and it's just like okay you know and it's not even like they're not even heavy squats it's just like you know, if their body weight, let's say their body weight's at 170, and they squat 315. I'm sorry, but if it's two inches high, then I'm not calling that a good lift. I don't care what the judges say. Um, now, given the last competition was kind of, uh, kind of disorganized and wasn't that serious I guess you could say um we did have USAPL certified judges but there was a judge who there was this one chick who bombed out a squat but for participation's sake they counted one I think they counted her first attempt after she had bombed out and I'm just like, okay, you got to understand, because where I'm at right now, um, and the facilitation and the, the groups that organize these events also post other events that are going around in the area that are genuine sanctioned events. And I watched, you know, I, I look, they come up with the listings, and... There's this listing, I think it, it was either in France or Czech, they were having a US, or an IPF, or, I think, yeah, they are having an IPF event. And I'm just like, if you tell this girl who bombed out that her first squat attempt is good, they're not going to do this in a meet. You bomb out at squat, you're done for the meet, you go home. Or you can stick around and watch, but most people just go home. So you're just you're just creating you're creating that mindset that like, oh, you know, even if I don't make it through, I'm gonna make it through, which is completely and utterly wrong. It's unethical, it's unmoral, all that great stuff. So but anyway squat form uh, it's important to keep your chest upright um, 
it's important to obviously not have your knees bowing inwards when you're pressing that could be a product of you not being strong in your legs so um, or you're just not orientated the right way um, you always want to have the knees out orientated outwards to begin with so if you're if you're squatting with your knees in a pretty direct forward position that's going to make it harder for you to fix any kind of problem where your knees are coming inwards as you're squatting so what I have people do is I tell them I say plant your heel drive your heel into the ground and then twist your whole entire leg along with your toe to where it's orientated outwards and do that with the other leg have your knee facing forward plant your heel twist your leg kind of like you're walking like a penguin or a clown right squat up do little just do a little fun uh do a little flexibility test and just give your give your knees a little bounce you know you'll notice your knees go outward and then they come in and they're not they're not wanting to drive inwards they're just coming up into their locked out position um, like I said this would be easier if I had some way of showing you but sadly I don't um, so that's just the nature of the beast um, but like I said when it comes to the discussion over form I've seen it done so many ways that like people always want to talk about perfect form well perfect form will never exist due to the fact of the different variations of how people squat it's just now you can strive to achieve optimal form that's possible but I hear too many times people talking about perfect form you will never achieve perfect form you can get close you can achieve that optimal form but you will never achieve perfect there's no such thing as perfect form right and that goes for bench that goes for deadlift that goes for squat um you know there is still a lot that we do not know about the human body um of course genetics genetics changes up the infrastructure of your uh, of your whole entire body it changes up bone structure so with that being said there are certain forms that it would be tailored to you because they are better but the problem lies with this right Let's say I have an over-exaggerated exterior pel pelvic tilt. That affects my squat form. And that's all genetics, right? So, like I said, it does, it does, it does, it does, uh, it does affect your form. It, and it will affect your ability to obtain good form but there are ways and different ways that you have to try in order to to find what squat form is tailored best to your body makeup
and your anatomy makeup and how your bones are set up. Until we get humans that are same all around across the board, there will, no, there will be no such thing as a perfect standard for squat form or bench form or deadlift form. So it's really something that it's like, this is where a coach comes into play. Because a coach, you know, given their experience, they know, they can look at you and try different things and figure out which, which, which of those different variants of squats is best fit for you. So you might, they might, it might take them six months of just trying different things with you when it comes to squatting before they're like, okay, you need to do this. And they'll make a list, a, f a goddamn checklist, right? You need to hinge at your hips just a slight bit. You need Everybody needs to keep that arch in their back when they're squatting to maintain that uprightness, right? Um, you need to low bar squat. You need to conventional squat um, no farther than shoulder width. And you need to orientate your let's just say orientate your toes and twist your leg at uh let's say you know a 50 degree angle and that is optimal for your body so you know it gets a little ridiculous but that's how, that's what a coach is really important for is because they can find the different things that they trial and error with you and they can make a list of how to, it's basically like buying a suit. It has to fit the person, right? So when you go to buy a suit, you're, you might be dropping $3,000 on a suit on top of all the alterations that need to be made so it fits you perfectly. So It's the same thing for squat form, except instead of spending money, the currency spent here is time, right? So you might have to exchange six months of work just to get to the point where it's like, okay, this is how you need to squat. This is how we need to keep you in check. This, these are your cues, so on and so forth. Um, so it gets a little ridiculous, really. Um, I've I've uh, I've self coached myself for what has been three years now, and I think the last adjustment I made to my squat was in twenty twenty. So I've been squatting the same for a year. It took me two years to get to the squat I have now. So. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just, it's, it's really strenuous um, on the mind because if you're self-coaching yourself, you know, if you're self-coaching, you gotta, you gotta program, you gotta diet, you gotta keep track of your program, you gotta 
make sure you're changing things up within your program the way they're supposed to be changed. And then you also have to keep account of your form. You've got to, like, it's crazy. Now imagine a guy doing this with 20 other kids or 20 other dudes or 20 other people. Whatever. You know. So, that's squat form. Um, really. So, the, the next... And this will be covered more in the next episode when it comes to programming. Um, that's going to be a long episode. Not programming, but um, the different muscle groups and what you have to keep keep in check on your squat. The different muscles you need to be working for your squat. Like, that's going to be a very, like, I might end up doing, like, a two-hour episode, uh, which will be the longest I've ever done. But, um, we'll talk about it more, but there's so many different things that you do within your lower body days where it's like, you need to be keeping track of this, but you also need to be strengthening this to help you keep track of this, and it just gets wild. So, um... Yeah, it's, it's, it's all crazy, um, but another thing I want to talk about is, like, I guess, the thing is that I'm seeing more currently on social media, um, I've about had it. I'm about to stop. And I say that, but in all reality, I'm probably not going to. But as much as I'd like to, like, there's so many things about social media that I do like. You know, I like keeping touch base with my friends. I like knowing what my friends are up to. You know, it helps me stay in the loop, especially with being so far away from them. But... I'm just so tired of seeing, like, when it comes to, like, fitness enthusiasts, whatever, social media, it drives me nuts. Because the other day, there was a dude, right, and the gym was packed because it's the first week back after the new year, and everybody's got their resolutions, and I'm just, ugh. You have your, your fit chicks in the gym and they're making their videos and doing all this and you got other people videotaping their working sets and it's just like, but then somebody has the audacity come up to me and say, while I'm squatting, I'm changing up my music because they, they play shitty music in the gym. So, you know, I'm, I'm using YouTube. I'm finding the song I want to listen to. And they're like, if you're going to be on your phone, then you need to get off the, off that rack. And I just look at this. like, And this is where I pull the card that I don't like pulling the card. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I said, you get under that bar and you go ahead and squat it for one. You can have my rack. And 
he kind of just said, well, I'm not trying to make this, you know, a dick measuring contest or whatever you want to call it. And I was like, well, then leave me alone. I said, I'm just changing my music. Chill out. And he's like, oh, I thought you were, like, scrolling through it. No. No. I said, I'm not. I said, number one, you're assuming. Number two, that's not what I'm doing. So why don't you just bug off? You know, I said in a lot meaner, meaner words, but, you know, and then yesterday, you know, I had this, this one dude came up to me, he's like, yo, what gear are you on? And I'm just, I look at my buddy and I'm like, is this guy serious right now? I said, number one, if I was taking performance enhancers and you came up to me and asked me that. You really think I'd tell you what I'm on and what I'm cycling and how I'm cycling it? Like, it's super disrespectful to assume. And it's even more disrespectful to assume when somebody isn't even on anything. So I was I was pretty triggered. I was like, yeah, bro, I'm not on anything. He's like, okay. I was like, you know, I was like... This was one of those times I, was, I had to calm down. And uh, kind of bite my tongue a little bit. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, you know what, man? I said, if I wasn't in the army and I was at the gym and you asked me this question, I said, I'm not going to lie. I'd start throwing weight at you. I was like, I was like, you don't know me and I don't know you and you're assuming that I'm on gear. And he's like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get like you. And I hate that. That 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 was probably like when it comes to what I hate hearing the most is like when people are kissing your ass because you're in the gym training with heavy weight and they're kissing your ass and they're like, I'm trying to get like you. And then they'll go over to their you know, their their squat rack and they'll knock out one thirty five for reps and it's just like Well not gonna get there doing that, that's for sure. And it's just like, I'm so tired of hearing it. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of everything. <laughs> it's funny as it is. It's, I'm just so tired of being around people while I'm working out. Like, it's just, oh, it's, it gives me a headache. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, social media, where social media comes into play is where I'm seeing guys on Instagram and it's just like, they're pumping out sets and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff and I'm just sitting there and I'm watching these videos and I'm like, I'm like, what? It's really like, it's... It's really ruining the integrity of fitness. Um, everybody's always hopping on the next trending thing in fitness. I mean, it's good for businesses because anybody could start a fitness business nowadays and, you know, have some kind of success with it. And 
I laugh because it's like if I wanted to, I could start like ordering materials and if I wanted to, I could make my own um lifting straps and I could make you know, I could I could make my own t-shirts and shorts and that right there like that right there I could start selling that stuff and I'm telling you I would make some kind of profit because everybody is out there trying to you know buy all the next trending things you know so you know I make a pair of regular lifting straps that you know are printed in um you know American flag print next thing you know somebody in the gym's gonna have those and then somebody else is gonna have those so I mean it's 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 good on the business end like you guys are making money but like I'm just tired of the fakeness because it's like even today like my buddy he uh we were going to the gym and I was like well you know the parking lot of course is packed and I said well looks like the new year's resolutioners are are uh in the gym this week I said I said it should die down by the end of the week but um yeah I was like ah. I was like this is the biggest turnout I've seen. 2022 might have something in store for these guys. And I'm just making my jokes. And, you know, it, it. we're all in the same community. So you know just about everybody that goes to the gym. And there's this one kid who never goes to the gym that we're around all the time. And I'm like, oh, there it is. You know. I was like, there's there's the New Year's Resolutioner 101. I was like, man said, oh, you know, said it all throughout 2021. Man, I need to get back in the gym. Man, I need to get back in the gym. If he even went to the gym in the first place. And he was like, all right, 2022, New Year, New Me. I'm getting in the gym. I, t- I told my buddy, I was like, I give him a week and a half. I said, I guarantee you he stops. I said, or like the first, the first thing that comes up with work that's going to take him away from the gym, he's going to lose all his momentum and he's not going to come back. Or it's going to be like a super late work day and he's not going to go at all. And then it's just going to become a habit until he finally, you know, he finally just doesn't go in there anymore. And then... I go in there and I see this dude wearing his old school tan leather cowhide lifting gloves and he's on the bench press. This man brought his whole entire upper body, not like his shoulders. He brought his shoulders up off of the bench to unrack his bench, his barbell. He had that thing like, I keep mine on the sixes, right? And the sixes are just enough to where if I give any kind of tension, 
any kind of exerting force, I can get it up off of the the J cup about an inch, and I can take it out of the J cup, and I can unrack it by myself. This guy probably, in giving me, does have longer arms than me, but I guarantee this dude was like at, you know, eight. At the the eight level, and. Like if I if I were to do, do it on the eight level, I wouldn't even be able to reach the bar. And this man would grab the bar, he'd lay down, and then bring his shoulders up off the bench to unrack it. And then to rack it, he would have to kind of do like a sit up to put it. And I was just like, I was climbing on this dude. I was like, yep, New Year's resolution right there. I can, I said, I already know. I said, because that man was coming to the gym maybe twice a month. I said, now he's in here all week. I said, he's in here every day. And some of the fitness, the, 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 the clothing, the, the style choices, I just shake my head, man. Like, I saw a dude in the gym, right? Can't wear crop tops, can't wear modified shirts. Um, so, like, cutoffs are out of the or out of the equation. This guy was wearing a crop top sweatshirt and had a shirt on underneath the crop top sweatshirt completely and utterly. Completely and utterly... <laughs> Like, I have no words. This man completely and utterly defeated the whole purpose of wearing a crop top. With his sweatshirt crop top with a shirt on underneath. And then he was wearing super short, short shorts, like above mid-thigh. With compression shorts that went about... I'd say two-thirds of the way down his thigh. So about, I don't know, two, three inches away from his kneecap. And then on top of that was his shorts, which basically can uh, cut the compression shorts in half. And I was just like, what's the point? Like, I'm confused. I'm confused in so many levels. Why can't you just wear a regular pair of shorts? Or he'll go in there and he'll have leggings on underneath. And it's just like... Why can't you just come to the gym in sweats or shorts? Like, as simple as that. And a t-shirt and a sweatshirt. Or hell, even a t-shirt and a flannel. Like, that's what I do. I wear my super, like, on my bench press days, I'll wear my super baggy sweatpants and my flannel and a t-shirt underneath. And this guy went all out with it. He, he was like, yep. He's like, I'm going to wear all this minimal clothing with, you know, even more clothing on underneath. So, whatever. I just, I can't wait until I get, I go home and I can start working on my, in, my at-home gym. 
because I need to get away from people. Um, but, yeah. I, that doesn't really have anything to do with squat form, but it's something I wanted to rant about. So, um, anyways, just to reiterate on the squat form, um, what you're looking for is obviously keeping that upper body upright during your squat, and you want to keep that, you want to keep your knees in a sturdy position where, you know, they can uphold the most integrity when it comes to pressing that weight. Uh, if, if you're a wide, you know, and then you also need to make sure that if you're not box squatting, that you're squatting for depth, you know, for decent depth during your training. And, um, Make sure that you're not, you know, like I said, you're keeping that body upright and you're using your core to, um, you're using your core and you're pressing, pressing up against that belt that you're using with your stomach, breathe into your stomach and keep that sturdy, sturdy, uh, sturdy and controlled upper body during your squat, um. Those are the those are the most essential things that I can st- that I can say in this episode that are pretty self-explanatory. Everything else, if you've got any other questions, because like I said, everybody is different when it comes to their their um, their physical makeup and you know their anatomy. Genetics are different, so if you have any other questions. My advice is to uh, just dive into the world of YouTube, look up, you know, good squat form, good powerlifting squat form, and just kind of try different things and figure out what fits your body the best. So anyway, I'm going to cut this one off. Um, This one was, this was probably one of the harder episodes um, for me to do simply because subject matter material wasn't able to be expressed at its fullest for me and that's due to the fact that I don't have um, any kind of vi- visual representation of what I'm talking about so you kind of have to stick with me and try to imagine what I'm saying and I gotta hope that you're imagining it properly but this is where it comes to shit that you need to be doing as the lifter. You need to make sure that you are, uh, you know, educating yourself. So, like I said, any kind of questions further than what I've expressed in this episode, um, go look it up on YouTube. Elite FTS, um, Table Talk um, by Dave Tate. That's probably one of the best videos you could go watch. Just watch other people squat and then try to apply it to you. Um, That's the best advice I can give. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this one up. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. As always, this is the Big Fell Strength Podcast. I'm Austin Antrop, and I want you guys to 
Live strong, get strong, keep grinding. Y'all have a good one.